Curling down the lane. McSorley in the end zone. Bunker touchdown. Tennessee at the buzzer. He got it. A three-pointer to win. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. Blocked. Lions scoop it up. Brad Haley will score. Watford for the win. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Former Ball Boys. My name's Cole Fresher, and I'm joined today by Zach and Cam Lightgib. How are you boys doing? Staying sane? Yeah, trying to. Uh, this is episode number 15, am I right? I believe so. I like it. I like it. Cameron, how are you, dude? I'm great up here in Cleveland, getting a lot of walks in. It's all you can really do. Wishing sports were back. We got the draft coming up, though. We do. Uh, under 20 days. Um, got the draft coming up. Looks like it's going to be on like Skype or something. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, see um, like John Gruden try and figure out how to work Skype. Or a computer. Yeah. I doubt he knows how to use a computer. Yeah, he definitely doesn't. Him and uh, Mark Davis are going to be having to start setting it up now to get it going. <laughs> They're going to hire some tech guys to help them get the computer set up. They're just going to draft all analytical guys. Kicker in the second round, probably. <laughs> Just go off memory because they're going to figure it out. Take blankenship. Today we are going to just go through our rankings for the positions. Um, we did 5 to 10 on each position. Um, and then we got some questions for the boys. And that's all we got today since we're expecting this to take a little bit of time. So we're just going to go ahead and start right off with the quarterbacks. Um, we're going to... The way we're going to do this is each person is going to, is in charge, in quotes, of a position group. They're going to read off their ten, five or ten, and then we're just going to talk about the position group for a little bit and then move on. Um, so I'll start off with quarterback, uh, number one quarterback. Uh, this will not make Maurice Jones-Drew happy, but I have Joe Burrow as my number one quarterback. Um, followed by Tua, Justin Herbert. Fromm and Jordan Love are very close. I have Fromm ahead of Jordan Love by the slightest of margins. Anthony Gordon, Eason, Josh Love, Jalen Hurts, and then Tyler Huntley to round out the top ten. I like it. I think it's a pretty weak class for quarterbacks. Uh, do you want to like separate them in sections? Like, Do you think any of them are going to be super elite, uh, some good starters, a uh, big-time sleeper? What do you think about them, Cole? Uh, okay. Um, I have the top two and then a big drop-off. And that is if Tua's leg heals correctly. Um, So you have Burrow and Tua, obviously. And then there's going to be a group where um, the ceiling, like uh, Justin Herbert, his ceiling is so high um, if he just fixes a few things. But he could also play himself out of a job decently quickly. Um, Jordan Love, I see, is the same. Jake Fromm's more of a safe pick, I feel. Um, you know what you're gonna get from him. He'll be like a um, a le- like an Alex Smith, but I would say a little less Alex Smith. Um, you know, you know what you're gonna get. He's not gonna like throw turnovers. He's gonna make the smart decision every time. And then once I get down into my Anthony Gordon's, Eason's, um, pretty much uh, six and below. Um, it's just 
picking hairs what you like in a quarterback um, or what your system is, in my opinion. Yeah, I got three guys that I think are going to be good starting quarterbacks. Um, I got Jordan Love in that group. I think Jordan Love's going to be a stud. His athleticism is going to help him out at this day and age in the NFL. Um, he can throw a rocket on the on the run. Um, I think he's a big-time quarterback. So he's my number three prospect. And then I also uh, I have James Morgan out of Florida International on my top ten. I don't think you did, Cole. Um, I had Cole McDonald, number nine. And then I had Jalen Hurts, ten. I don't think you had Jalen Hurts on your list, did you? I'm at nine. Nine. I'm not a big Jalen Hurts fan. But this QB class as a whole is so, so weak that uh, I think he barely cracks the top 10. Um, I, this is a class where I don't think he, this is the year to get a quarterback. I think Burrow would be good, but I don't see anybody being a real superstar in this this class here. I don't see a Peyton or a Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes out of this list. And, of course, it can surprise us because people don't think Patrick Mahomes would be as good as, as he has been. But um, I think that's good. And I really like your comparison for Fromm. I think he's a safe pick. He, he doesn't have a rocket arm. He, he's just very consistent with his throws, um, and he won't turn the ball, ball over. It's a smart kid, but uh, I, I like Andy Dalton on that front for Jake Fromm. I think that's what you get out of him. I um, also have Cole McDonald, and I think Cole Fresher has a fun fact about Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. Want to share it, Cole? Yeah. Uh, the snaps he played, he never had less than four receivers, which is just absurd to think about. Every single snap he had at least uh, – Two wide, two splits, and two slots. Just throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, they're, I don't even know if they had a tight end on the team. Like they don't use them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was insane when I heard that. I had to go and actually double check. But yeah, never. That's crazy. And then I think Jacob Eason is the biggest potential to be the best quarterback in this group out of everybody else. Like he could be, he could be the biggest bust out of all of them, or could be the best quarterback out of all of them. So I think he'll be interesting one to watch. Uh, Cam, how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I like your points. Uh, I like both your points on these quarterbacks. The comparison I have are from, and we'll get to that in the our mock drafts, but I'm thinking of Kirk Cousins type, who is like a field general, um, doesn't necessarily – from was a great winner in Georgia, but we'll see how that translates to the NFL. Kirk Cousins doesn't win the big games. They ne- He never beats the 500 team. So I kind of see from and Kirk Cousins. But my big three are also Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. Uh, Herbert also has a cannon. I think he's riding a little momentum. Uh, it might not be huge, but riding a little momentum from the Rose Bowl. I think that definitely provided some confidence and will help boost him. Um, we had very similar top tens. My last ten, I I just threw a name down. I don't think it even matters. I put Shea Patterson. I know he's not even good. I just don't think there's a Gross. good tenth quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts at eight. Um I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Eason. I, I don't love these quarterbacks either, but if you're the Bengals, you have to take Burrow. They just have to make sure he's not getting hit every single play. Who do you guys think is going to be the fifth fifth quarterback off the board? We, I, I think we all can agree that it's going to be Burrow, Tua, Love, or Herbert in some order. Those four are going to be our top four, correct? Who do you think is going to be number five coming off the board? I have Jake Fromm being the fifth one off the board. Yeah. I, cool. I have Fromm as my fourth best quarterback. I also agree. Someone will, everyone, people love big people with huge hands and cannons, and that's literally Jordan Love. And the year that he had good receivers, um, you you Jordan Love as your fifth guy coming no, off? No, I have Fromm as my fourth quarterback, but he will be. I think he'll be drafted fifth because 
people love Jordan, like what Jordan Love has with the big arm and everything, and he will jump. Um, he'll be drafted for it. Okay, okay, cool. So I have, uh, I think Eason's actually didn't come off the board fifth after these guys. I think he has the highest upside potential. And I think after those top four, you're really, you're shooting darts. Um, I like Anthony Gordon as well, but I think he's going to come off later. I think Hurts will be drafted above some of these other guys that we're not saying, just because his athleticism and he had a decent combine. I wouldn't touch him. I don't think he's going to be very good in the NFL, but uh, that's what I think is going to happen with that. Yeah, what I, I mean, Burrow and Tua, you've heard everything you need to hear about them. Like, they're insane. The biggest thing for Tua is that hip. Um, If he gets loss of blood flow or arthritis in that hip, his career is going to be very, very short. Um, And then going down, um, my concern with Jacob Eason is – if he's on a team with a subpar offensive line, he was the second worst quarterback in college football when under pressure. Um, he had a 37.6 quarterback grade versus the pressure, which is just absolutely terrible. And he has a big arm, but he doesn't have the best accuracy when throwing deep. He's only 72nd among quarterbacks in deep uh, accuracy. And Easton, he has a great left tackle projecting too. Trey Adams is going to be drafted in this draft too, so that's, there's no excuse there out of him either. Yeah, that's why it's nice that he's maybe not one of the top guys. He can go – if he goes first down, not saying he is, then he'll get drafted by a good team, uh, maybe learn a few years behind a good quarterback because those are your playoff teams. So that might be a good thing for Eason. So I thought everybody in the first round looking for quarterback for the Buccaneers. I know they have Brady. Do you still draft one if one of the guys you like are here or you win now mode and take a tackle for Brady or a running back like in the first round there? What would you do in that situation? I think you have to protect him. Yeah, you got to protect. I agree. Brady. Yeah, they're, they're uh, in the win win now mode. I would definitely take it to look to take a tackle there to protect Brady. I would say offensive line always just add another weapon, even throwing it in him in the slot, like a, one of those top receivers in that pick. Imagine Henry Ruggs on the inside with uh, those <laughs> Evans, Godwin, Evans, and OJ Howard, who's going to have a good year with Brady. That offense would be insane with Bruce Arians leading the charge. Yeah, it's going to be a fun offense next year. Very fun to watch. Hopefully the defense can hold up. They need to get some secondary help. Um, they were 31st in secondary last year, only in front of the Texans. So they'll need a lot of help on that end as well. Yep. Um, the only last thing I saw, one stat that jumped off the page for me about Joe Burrow. Uh, he had 43 big-time throws, what are considered big-time throws, to only 11 turnover-worthy, which that ratio is just absurd. That's what um, but he did only have one year of production. But that 43 big-time throws is more than Tua and Herbert combined. So That's crazy. And he's playing great competition, too, in the SEC. So, like, I don't think Herbert played that very – that when Herbert was in a big game, he didn't make big plays. So I'm not – I know he had a good Rose Bowl, but before yeah. that, he, uh, he hadn't really played anybody. I'm not a big Herbert fan. LSU also had tons of weapons for mm-hmm. Burrow, so that makes me a little – skeptical but i still just think he's those are great ball so i think the Bengals will have to take him i think it's a good fit too for the Bengals. they have aj green who's getting older but tyler boyd's a good receiver uh Auden tate came on at the end of the year and then joe mixon is a good running back so they have some good weapons there that uh i think they have more weapons than like the lions do yeah the, the Bengals is solid the Bengals need a line. I remember watching the Steelers play them twice last year. The Steelers might have double-digit sacks in those two games, which is terrible. They had two. Jonah Williams got hurt last year. They drafted him. He's a first-round pick. He got hurt out the entire season. So they're going to get him back this year to play left or right tackle, depending where he's at. So he'll help a lot. And then Billy Price, I think he got hurt as well uh, before the draft, and they took him as well. So I think those are two guys that are going to help their line 
come back this year. I think the Bengals could be decent. I still think they're going to be the bottom of that of the AFC North. But uh, I think Burrow's going to be fun to watch there. And I don't think under any circumstance he could trade out of that pick. No. Nope. There's no way. I, w- I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't touch it. Um, we're going to move on to the running backs now. Uh, Cam, you got us? Yeah, I'll jump in and throw my list out to you guys. Uh, so leading off the charge, I think there's going to be four top running backs. Um, might be a little high, but I like these four running backs a lot. I got DeAndre Swift, one. I got J.K. Dobbins, two. I got Jonathan Taylor, three. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, four. So that's my top four. And then after this, I think they're serviceable. Um, could be good players, good fits, depending on the system. Yeah, Cam Akers from Florida State. A.J. Dillon, my, he might be a little high on my list, but he's a bruiser. He's hard to tackle from Boston College. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Vandy at seven. Zach Moss, Utah at eight. De'Arenton Evans from my Appalachian State Mountaineers. And 10, Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. But, yeah, that top four, I think they're going to be really good. I agree completely. We actually have uh, the same guys in our top 10. So that's really that's, that's good. A different order, of course. But uh, I also have the cutoff at four. I think those top four and I have the same order. Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, and uh, Edward Hilaire. Um, I think Taylor's going to give you the best value the first couple of years, but all the carries he had at Wisconsin to come back and haunt him later on in the NFL. So I think he'll have a great rookie season and a great sophomore season. But after that, I think DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins will just jump him on that list and probably help Edwards Hilaire as well. Um, I also I have Cam Akers at five. I think you had Cam Akers at five, too, out of Florida State. And then I would Eno Benjamin at six. I think his athleticism is insane. I know you had him at ten. Um, I had A.J. Dillon at 10. I think he doesn't really play well in today's NFL because uh, he's more of a bruiser. And if you look around the NFL right now, it's more athletic running backs who can catch the ball. Um, go ahead. Derrick Henry is who he reminds me of, though. Just the heart. Like, his yards after contact were insane. And I just – I don't know. He's not going to be Derrick Henry good, but I just think he can fit in somewhere. He could get these goal line carries because some of these smaller backs won't want to take a beating down there. Yeah, I think if he comes anywhere close to uh, to Derrick Henry, it's a great pick, value pick there. Oh, yeah. And then Darrington Evans is a great receiving uh, running back, and he's also pretty slippery. I like him to go along with somebody like Derrick Henry. I think he'd be a good fit on the Titans because he's a good receiving back. Um, and App State, that's your school, Cam, so that's good to see. Cole, do you have any differences in your top ten, or are they yes, pretty consistent? Yes, I, I have oh, let's hear it. Swift one. I have Zach Moss all the way up at number two. Um, wow. I have Seven Jonathan Taylor at three, Dobbins at four, Edwards Alaire five, Cam Akers to six, and I have Lynn Bowden, Bowden at seven as a running back. Out of Kentucky? Yep. He's a wide receiver. He was a quarterback, too. He and was kind of just whatever you wanted him to be. Krishan Vaughn, and then Darius Anderson from TCU. I like him, and then A.J. Dillon rounds it out. Um, I'll go ahead and jump into Lynn Bowden. Uh, I just think – out of his, like when he was a wide receiver, like he was very average. He didn't doesn't really have crisp routes or anything, um, but he was special as a running back um, because that's pretty much what he did. He never threw the ball, um, and he really has limited speed. So you can't if you put him in the slot, uh, the slot corner is going to be able to chase him around the field. Even some linebackers will be able to chase him around the field. But I do think he would be good. Um, he had the best rushing rate as a non-running back in the <clears throat> in college football, and I think he would be a good running back if he switched. Where do you have him at on your list? Seven. What number? 
Seven. I think you're insane. You have a non-running back as your number seven running back. Yep. He's not going to be able to hold up. He's not big enough. Hey, I think he will. Yeah, I, I I bet you he'll play wide receiver in the NFL, not running back. Right. If he does, I'll power to you, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. He's been, his combine numbers were out of a wide receiver. I know, but he's wild. Um, I don't know, just if I'm him, I'm switching to running back. Just based on what I've seen, he would be a much better running back than a wide receiver. And then I'm going to jump up That's Zach crazy. Moss because you had him a lot lower. Uh, I had him at seven. Really good out of the backfield. Uh, very good at cutting. Um, and he runs his feet through contact. He's not very big, but he still averaged 4.45 yards after contact per attempt. And he makes people miss like no one's business. 0.38 force missed tackles per uh, rushing attempt, which is incredibly high. I want to know why you have Dobbins low. I think me, I'm shocked by that as an Ohio State fan. What makes you think that these guys are better than Dobbins? Um, so I think his hands out of the backfield are pretty solid, too. He's a good receiver. Yeah. Why do you have him have, so low? I have Swift one um, just because he's versatile. Um, yeah, he Swift is the man. Back. I think yeah, we all Swift have him one. one. Zach Moss, I've already explained his catching ability and the NFL, like what the NFL game is now. Um, like he, he runs well enough that his catching ability is going to be able to carry him in the NFL, I believe. Jonathan Taylor is probably the best running back, like position running yep. back in the in this draft. Agreed. Um, plus, he's insanely fast. He's a burner. Uh, he's got that other gear where he'll be able to just take it to the house, even though he's very, very bad out of the backfield catching the ball. He had eight drops on 50 catchable. Um, and then uh, he's ton of wear and tear as well. 300 carries a year um, for Jonathan Taylor for three years. But Dobbins, I just there was nothing like he doesn't run better than Taylor, uh, even though he can catch better. But I think Taylor is such a good runner. He runs better than better than Moss, though. Yeah, but Moss's catching ability, I think, and how the NFL is like Dobbins. Dobbins can has catch. good hands too, out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah he's a good, he's good has, hands. He has good hands, but I'm um, there. Nothing like I don't think he's. Like he's very good. He's a one cut running back, which is what you want in the NFL. You don't want someone. You don't want someone dancing around back there. He did have tw- uh, over twenty catches each season, um, and he did line up out of the backfield in Ohio State's offense. Um, but I, I get mean, a very Le'Veon Bell vibe with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. He's not like he can make like one person miss in the field. Like he's made safety just look clown, but like. If he's getting a scat route out of the backfield, he probably won't make a few people miss where I could see Zach Moss making two to three people miss right there. So you're telling and me you like Zach Moss better because of a scat route? Come on. I like Zach Moss better Zach Moss better because in the NFL, being a, a receiving running back carries a lot of weight now, and he's a better receiver than Dobbins. And then Edwards Alaire, he's just like great out of the backfield. I don't think he's really that yeah. special of a like a runner running back, but he's insane out of the back, which is why he's he, at my five. He's short too. He's a he's a small guy. Be like a Sproles. That's where I'd like him at. Uh, jumping back to your boy Lynn Bowden, I think him playing quarterback this past year would help him if he is a running back to be able to like look at the defense and maybe see what's going on. I think that would help him a lot. But the guy I'm really excited is is Clyde Edwards-Alaire, just from out of the backfield standpoint. Uh, see what he can do without all those weapons on the outside, opening that up for him. So I'm excited to see him, and I really like J.K. Dobbins as a runner. I don't know. I did too. Why you so low Dobbins. on him? Like I know he's your top five, but I'm a big fan of Dobbins. He was pushing Swift for me. I don't know 
why. I just think he was a great runner. Did he go there three years? Or was he a two year guy? Three. He was play, three years. He played um, a DC split carries with Weber first two years, and then last year was on his own. Yeah, I think he did a really good job as a lead back too. Um, so yeah, I, I like Dobbins a lot, and I like your point on Jonathan Taylor's wear and tear from both of you. Do you ever see any like perfect fits? I think Jonathan Taylor would be perfect on the 49ers. I know they have 12 running backs already, mm-hmm. but I think he'd just be per- a perfect 49ers running back to work with Shanahan. That's just the perfect fit out of the running backs that I see. Just him, the 49ers, his speed with Shanahan would be insane. But they're not going to take a running back because they have Matt Breida. They have Tevin Coleman. Uh, what's I was thinking Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the Buccaneers. Just a guy that Brady can throw dump downs to, like a James White or whoever else they had, Danny White, Danny Woodhead. And they need a running back. They can't go in the season with Ronald Jones as their number one. So I think one of these top ten guys will end up going to the Buccaneers. Yep. Cole, do you have any perfect fits or are you good um, with that? I don't really have – like Jonathan Taylor, I love the San Francisco fit because that's mayors a lot when he ran at Wisconsin. Um, yep. But I think like these – Receive these receiving running backs. I think they could fit in a lot of systems now. So like DeAndre Swift, if he's in a system where the de- the running is downhill, it's not going to be a lot out of like the shotgun. You're kind of getting it and you're waiting for a hole. Like your designed run, like right off tackle or something like that. He'll be good in that running, and then he'll be able to catch out of the backfield. Um, so I think it's. Kinda- I think you'd be. Sorry about that. I think you'd be great on the Ravens. Just a running team. Uh, he didn't run a lot of option like they do now, but he kind of reminds me of a better Mark Ingram, and Mark Ingram produced greatly this year, so I think he could be really good for the Ravens if they want to take a running back late. The one person, my big what if, is Cam Akers. He was five-star coming out of high school, the number one running back in the class, and I don't even remember it being close. Um, he had the fourth-worst offensive line in power football last year, and his offensive line has been in the top 10 worst in power five for every year he's been there. So if he had any kind of good line, um, he could have been great. He had contact at or behind the line of scrimmage more than any running back in college for last year. And he still put up what he did. I have him as my number five back. I think he just has the the talent to get it done. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be solid. So I like, I like that you're giving him a shout out. Uh, he goes to the right system. He's going to be a beast. He has all the talent in the world, but that Florida mm-hmm. state team has been awful the past couple of years. Like you said, those are good statistics on that. Yep. And then the last one, AJ Dillon at 10. I love AJ Dillon. I've loved him for a couple of years now, but he's two fifty, and he, there's not really it's a, a lot. There's not really a lot of weight. He's going to be able to lose off that frame. He's pretty yoked. Um, but being 250, he's only getting 3.8 yards per after contact per attempt, and he's not really forcing like missed tackles at all. So he's not really running through people unless he's at full speed. So um, a guy that big, you would expect his numbers after contact to be higher than that. Agreed. He's, he's definitely a guy that's falling forward, though. He's definitely a guy that can mm-hmm. get you that extra two to three yards if you need him, or like a... Mike Tolbert, like he'd yeah. be a great vulture I was touchdowns. I was thinking Michael. Yeah, Stott. yeah, like a kind of fullback. I don't. I think he's a better. No, no, never mind. Just continue with that. It's yeah, going to be a bad take. I just really enjoy him. I like the Derrick Henry comp because uh, he can't really. AJ Dillon can't really catch either. So, um, we're going to move on to wide receivers. Uh, Zach, take the lead. 
Yeah, I got you. This wide receiving class is insane. Uh, if you listen to any draft takes at all, you know how deep this class is and how talented they are. Um, here's my order. I got Jerry Judy, number one, out of Bama. CeeDee Lamb, number two, out of Oklahoma. Justin Jefferson, number three, out of LSU. Um, I got Henry Ruggs, number four. So those are, those are swapped with other people, uh, their views on it. Um, LaVishka Chenault, Jr., out of Colorado, five. Denzel Mims, Baylor, six. T. Higgins, Clemson, seven. Brandon Ayuk, Arizona State, eight. Antonio Gandy-Golden, Liberty. Uh, that's my boy. Uh, he's not in a lot of top tens, but uh, I'm a big fan of his. And then number 10, I got K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. We have some differences. Uh, like you said, Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson are switched on mine. I have Henry Ruggs just with his insane speed being three. And then I had – I don't think you had Jalen Rigor, did Rager. you? Rager. Rager. And your list? No. no, I had him at six. And then I had Chase Claypool at ten. His combine was insane, and that really boosted him up for me. He just had a great showing, and I think that's going to boost him up on a lot of teams. And I think he's going to be maybe overvalued because mm-hmm. combine scores, but I, I like the way he performed yeah. there. Also, like for Claypool, what would you think with how physical he plays? Um, what if he put like 10 or 15 pounds on and moved down to a more receiving tight end? Do you think he'd fit more in the NFL I think- doing that? Yeah, he reminds me of a lot of Jonathan Baldwin out of Pitt a couple years back, who was a bust for the Chiefs. Um, he was a big physical guy too. I think he'd be better suited to play tight end, put on a little bit of weight. Um, I don't think he has enough speed to get by a lot of corners in today's NFL. He can jump over you definitely. I hope he proves me wrong. Everything I hear about him, he's a great, great kid, great work ethic. Um, I hope he proves me wrong. But uh, I'd like him to put on maybe like ten pounds and move in like Evan Ingram. Be a receiving tight end like that. Still get a ton of balls. Be athletic as all can be. And he, I think he'd have better matchups uh, that way as well because he's more athletic than a lot of linebackers are. But I don't think he's athletic as a lot of cornerbacks. So he's a bit, he he has the biggest like bust potential or biggest superstar potential out of that bottom group. I think Judy Lamb, Jefferson, Ruggs are all going to be great. Those are the top four that I have. That's sort of cut off. Um, Rug speed, like you talked about, it's insane. Jerry Judy's route running is just dirty. I haven't seen anybody run routes as crisp as he does. He reminds me of Amari Cooper, but like 10 times better than Cooper is. I think Judy's just going to be insane. And I hope he doesn't go to the Jets or the Raiders, somewhere like that, where like he won't have the good quarterback. But Darnold's the okay. Raiders. I don't want to see him to go to any of those places. And then CeeDee Lamb, his comp, everybody has him like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's talented as well. Um, Jeff Jefferson, he's the guy that will catch the ball, move the chains. I'm a big Jefferson fan. And then I think Chenault has been losing value because his combine wasn't great. But uh, he, he, he produced in Colorado, and I think he's going to be be a stud. And then Denzel Mims has been moving up boards like crazy. I see a lot of mock drafts having him going in the first round. So uh, I'm not T. Higgins. Uh, I've been fading on him a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I'm just not impressed with his speed on the outside. He's a, a taller guy as well. And then I don't think either you had Antonio Gandy-Golden in your top ten. I think he's just pure, a pure receiver like that. He's going to be a third or fourth round pick, but it could be. If he goes to the right system, he could end up like Pittsburgh. Guys who just get drafted in the third or fourth round just end up studs. I, I see that potential out of him as well. And then Hamler is just a less, lesser version of Henry Ruggs. Crazy fast, shorter guy, can help you on special teams. Your little gadget plays with him. Um, kind of like they're both remind you of Tyreek Hill, smaller guys that are blazing fast. Yeah, I, I see the Eagles have been interested in Hamler, and I think that'd be a great fit because they need some weapons. And he's shifty. He can 
play that role like Deshaun Jackson did. He doesn't have the same breakaway speed, but just like a quick guy, you can do a bunch of quick passes, let him make people miss, and then take it the distance because he could make anyone miss. If you saw the game against Maryland, he made four different people miss on the same play. I like, I love it when Hamler has the ball in his hands, but he ha- he drops a lot of balls. Like he has a severe drop problem, um, which is obviously a, an issue. Um, that's the main reason I don't have him in my top ten. Electric when he gets the ball, but he's dropped 16% of his catchable balls. That's that's rough. Um, I have CD. I have CD you and have Judy any- switched. Um, yeah, there you go. Reason is just um, I I prefer like Judy's routes are so crisp, but I just like he he's more of a deep. I think CD Lamb his whole like every he could do he can bust it from any route on the route tree. I think Judy um, more when he's getting upfield like a slant a post, a fade, a go. Like, those are the ones that he's going to be able to break deep. I don't think if he does a comeback, he'll be able to shake an NFL corner and go upfield like C.D. Lamb would. Oh, I, I disagree. I think Judy's just – his footwork is just insane. Oh, yeah. I think he can get by anybody. I think I think both of them are going to be superstars mm-hmm. in the NFL, though. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I, I don't – wouldn't debate you that hard on it between one and two. I just think Judy, he's going to be able to separate mm-hmm. very well especially on those inter- intermediate routes. Um, if you line him up in the slot, I think he, he's physical enough to dominate those guys. I can't see any slot corners taking uh, Judy out of a play. Yeah, those are definitely 1A and 1B. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I don't think, dropped a ball, a deep pass, though, which was absurd. Like, he just has insane hands, and he got the ball thrown to him a lot in that Oklahoma offense, so that's just really impressive. That he, I don't think he dropped the ball that was, like, over 20 yards, I think I saw, or something crazy like that. Yeah, dude's a stud. You can't go wrong with either one. I think it depends on the system that you play. Um, I don't want to admit it, but I think the Raiders and Judy or Lamb are a perfect fit because since they lost AB, what do they have on the outside? They have Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro. They need another dominant receiver out there, and either of those two guys would be able to help with that. I have – you had Justin Jefferson at three, did you say? I have him down at six. I have Ruggs, Higgins, LaVisca, Chanel in between. Um, I mean, Ruggs, the dude is going to be electric on the football field. He's probably going to be a returner, too. So the value of him being able to play punt, kick, and uh, slot receiver is going to be great value. Um, I think he'll be a stud, too. Like, I had those guys. You could have swapped them for me, no problem. Those are my four. Those are my big four, and then they're the cutoff between the next guys. And Ruggs has the lowest drop rate out of Lamb, Judy, and him. Um, Yeah, he's he's insane. And then I have Higgins. He's his catch radius is so absurd. It's not. It's just insane to watch. And then to round it off, Jefferson Rager, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, Michael Pittman from USC, and Jawan Jennings. I threw him in at number ten just because that guy breaks so many tackles. It's not even funny. Like he breaks Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, Jawan right? From Tennessee, he breaks a tackle every two receptions. Didn't didn't he? Didn't he get suspended for stopping on a guy? I don't know, but he break he breaks a ton him? of tackles and it's nuts. I don't know if he got suspended or not. Probably, and he's he's also old, so like there's there is some red flags with him. Um, but he showed up in the biggest games. Like he he played his best football against the SEC. He breaks tackles almost every catch, and he's pretty quick and sudden for being six three and like a big receiver. All right, moving on to tight end. Oh, any last remarks on the wide receivers? Zach can bring us to the tight ends. 
All right, tight end. I got a list of 10 here. I got one. I think he's separated away from everybody else. That's Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Um, and then there's a huge, huge drop-off after that, I think. Um, I got Albert Okawangan out of Wiz- uh, Mizzou. Then I got Hunter Bryant out of Washington. Adam Troutman out of Dayton. Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. Jarrett Pinckney out of Vanderbilt. And Bryson Hopkins, Purdue. Devin Asiasi out of UCLA. Colby Parkinson, all six foot eight of him at Stanford. And then Jacob Breland out of Oregon. Um, do you guys have any agreements, disagreements? How do you think about that list? Uh, I like the Colcomet. I think he's clear, head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, I only did a five first and tight end just because I don't know a lot about these tight ends. And I have one guy that you left out of your top ten. So I have fifth, Thaddeus Moss. Uh, he performed big in that national championship game, the playoff games. He had some touchdowns. And he, he showed great speed in that as well. And I think being Randy Moss's son never hurts you. So I think that was going to propel him a little bit. I was going to say, if, it, because he's, if he wasn't Randy Moss's son, his talent level compared to these guys is not the same. He's just a, not, not athletic enough compared to these other guys. Um, if he had a different last name, he would probably not be in your top five, I bet. Probably so. But I gave him the credit that he is Randy Moss's son. So that's the <laughs> reason that he's up there. Um, but I, hard to be a son. I had both Bryant at two and three. Uh, I had Hunter and then Harrison Bryant. And then four, I had Bryson Hopkins. Uh, Got to watch him a little bit in the IU-Purdue game, and he just seemed like a stud. I think he's really good. I think he was hurt by having bad quarterback play on Purdue this year. They were on, like, the fourth-string QB. So I think that hurt him a little bit. Um, he, he very well could be the number two guy out of this class. I see Cole Komet. Notre Dame by far as being the best. He's athletic, got a good catch radius. Um, just a good, good, good tight end. Cole, how do you how do you feel about all these guys? Thaddeus Moss also didn't drop a ball all season, so that's pretty cool. How many targets did he have? He wasn't too involved until later in the season, which showed that he he got better as the season went on. I think he should have stayed here. I think that would have helped him in his draft stock as well. Yeah, he could be a late bloomer, though, mm-hmm. just slowly coming into his own. We've definitely seen that before. Yeah, no drops um, uh, on 47. He, he was 47 receptions on 57 targets, so no drops on 47 receptions or 57 targets. That's pretty good. Yeah, but he they had so many weapons. He was probably open on Wide one and a half of them. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, or something like that. But still, he didn't drop a ball, and that's impressive in its own. Yeah, Mine, uh, the reason I have Moss down there um, – he can't really separate down the field. Um, he isn't really dynamic after the catch, and his numbers are inflated due to that LSU offense and having uh, probably the best quarterback season. But he does run physical routes, and he's a very good blocker um, on the line of scrimmage. But I have yeah, he'll be a big, a good red zone yeah, threat. I have Hunter Bryant, Harrison Bryant, Trotman, and then Cole Komet at the top. Um, Whoa! I, I, well, Cole Komet number four. I'm not a big fan. Um, the dude is big, but he really doesn't catch a lot. Like he's only got a 30% contested catch rate, um, which isn't that good. Harrison Bryant okay. is almost the same size, 54% catch, contested catch rate. That's significantly better. Trotman has 52. Um, he doesn't really. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you move on, the well, competition levels between Dayton, Florida Atlantic, and Notre Dame are are big. They're it's huge. Yeah. If Cole Komet played for one of those schools, his catch rate would be so much higher. Yeah, but Notre Dame also, they have like four or five, 
like four games that are actually like great, comp- good competition. Um, but then, yeah. Name 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 one team. Dayton I know, played but this I'm year. just saying. Like I, he also had the best tight end season in FCS history. So you have to like look at um, something like if he's putting up numbers like that, even though it's bad um, competition. Um, I am kind of excited to see. He will have to adjust, obviously, from FCS to NFL competition, and that'll take some time. But I do like Hunter Bryant as number one. I got him number. I got him number. Four. I like Hunter Bryant as number one, um, just because he's kind of got. Um, He's a receiving tight end. He's got the speed. Um, he's a, He avoids getting jammed off the line. He did have a knee injury, um, and he's not as big as Komet or Harrison Bryant um, or some of the other tight ends. But he also blocks. Like He's an okay blocker, but he's going to be solely receiving tight end, which, um, once again, passing wins football games in the NFL. So um, that's why I have him as number one mainly. And then Harrison Bryant, too. Um, he's a solid athlete, good enough for his size. He's also the most productive tight end in college football this year. Um, sacrifices his body. But he was also schemed. Uh, the production that he got was schemed because they literally ran their offense through him. FAU had nobody else. so And he does drop the ball. But five, Bryson Hopkins, just to round out my top ten. Um, Cheyenne O'Grady from Arkansas. Uh, Pinckney from Vanderbilt. As- what is it? Asai? Asai? Um, actually, that's a that's a acai is a bowl um, that you eat, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Cincinnati tight end Josiah Degarua, and then Thaddeus Moss. I'm really struggling with these names right now. Yeah, the tight ends yeah. have crazy crazy names right <laughs> this year. Kinda, I'm happy he stayed, but I would wonder where Pat Fryermuth would be on your guys' list as well as my number one. Yeah. Number he would one. be so? easily in, yes, yeah. easily. I think he'd be, he'd be better yeah. than coming at. I was thinking that as well. He's huge. He can catch the ball. He's pretty fast. And he pummeled guys in the Cotton Bowl against Memphis. So, yeah, I'd have him as one as well. So, I was interested in that. And he's better than Jasicki, who Jasicki ended up going, what, first, second round? Uh, not first. He went second, I believe. Second round? Second and he, yeah. And he, he's better than Jasicki. So, I think uh, he's going to be a stud next year. I think he'll end up going in the first round. Yep. Any anything we anything more on tight ends? I'm going to bring us to the offensive line. The way I broke mine down is I did five offensive tackles, five interior offensive linemen. Um, I did that because offensive tackles are loved in the draft because of how valuable they are to your team. The left tackle is the second most valuable position on your offense. So tackles get all the love. I got Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills Jr., Tristan Wirfs, Josh Jones out of Houston, and then Makai Becton as my five offensive tackles. I'll go ahead and go into my interior O-line. Natane Muti, um, when he played, he was good. He did have season injuries the last two seasons, though, and he also didn't play that great a competition out of Fresno State. Jonah Jackson at Ohio State. Tyler, oh gosh, uh, Diaz, Wisconsin. Damian Lewis at LSU and Cesar Ruiz at Michigan. Um, what do you guys have? I'm going to jump right into the interior side of it. Uh, I've seen a lot of teams say they have Natane Foodie off the draft boards because of the injury concerns. Um, they, they've talked about it today, actually, that they think he's going to go undrafted because of all the injuries he had during his time at Two Fresno State. In a row. I think he's very talented. 
Yeah, I think he's very talented, but those, those concerns are huge right now. Um, I have Cesar Ruiz, number one out of Michigan. John Simpson, uh, this is for interior. I'll just do five. John Simpson, number two out of Clemson. Damian Lewis, you had him out of LSU. Robert Hunt, I have a Louisville. He's an interior. And then Tyler Bidez, um, a center out of Wisconsin. I think, like you said, they don't get a lot of love. And then Shane Lemieux was out of Oregon was in the top five early season, but they said he faded at the combine. Um, so I think we're not going to – after the draft, you won't hear any of these names for the years, I'd say, because interior linemen never get any credit unless your name is uh, – what's the, what's the Colts kid? Big, big uh, or Q, unless big they're Q, on your team Nelson. and they're terrible. Exactly. It's the only time you hear their names. They don't get enough love. Um, tackles, we had a lot of different order. I had Tristan Wirfs, number one. His athleticism was just insane, off the charts. Um, Jedrick Wills, number two. Andrew Thomas, number three. And then I have Austin Jackson out of the USC, four, five, and five. And then Josh Jones at six. And I just want to say this name at seven, Prince Tega Wanugi. I had him at seven. I just wanted to say that name. Prince Tega is an amazing first name. But I think all these tackles are super athletic this year. Out of Wills and Wirfs, and then Mackay Beckton, who's a huge sleeper out of Louisville, just popped up late in the season. So uh, there's going to be at least four of them going in the first round. Yeah, I didn't even go into interior alignment. I just did 10 straight offensive line. And it's appearing that all of them are tackles except for Cesar Ruiz, who I had as eight Beth uh, offensive linemen. But I had Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, one, Jedrick Willis. Uh, two, Andrew Thomas, three, Mikai Beckton, four, Josh Jacob, Josh Jones, five, and Austin Jackson, six. And then I had your boy Prince Tega at seven as well. But, yeah, as you said, you're not going to hear a lot about them, but they are very important, and that's why they always get drafted in the first round. All these offensive tackles go early because you need to protect your quarterback, and that's what the Bengals will have to do with Burrow. I, I think the tackles you will hear about a little more, just the guards and centers you won't. I think his tackle class is pretty deep, too. Ezra Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, Lucas Niang all rounding up my top ten, and I think they could be drafted in the first or second round. So you'll see a big run on tight end or on tackles this year, uh, and a lot of teams have that, that need. You can go to the first round, and you know teams like the Cardinals need to protect Kyler. The Browns need to protect Baker. Like, there's a lot of interior. Dolphins. Dolphins need to protect to uh, whoever they probably yeah. the Buccaneers need to protect Brady. There's so many teams that need the protection of the tackle slot that we're going to see probably four, five, six end up going in the first round. Yeah, um, I'll just run through real quick. Andrew Thomas, number one. Um, he's just an insane, like he's just an insane blocker. Um, watch if you watch him play. Um, actually, watch the offensive line play. He's insane. He just handles people. Um, Jedrick Wills, number two. A lot of people, as I, um, as I was saying before we started recording, people expected Jedrick Wills to perform almost a level as Tristan Wirfs did um, at the Combine. Um, but Tristan Wirfs did so well that no one's really talking about anybody else. Um, Alabama, you know you're going to get good linemen coming from Alabama. Um, they're coached well down there. Um, next, Tristan Wirfs. He, as at the age of 20, he broke Iowa's hang-clean record, um, which is insane because you're just not developed um, there. And he's extremely athletic, which I think uh, is a problem at times because he's susceptible to people coming underneath. He oversets at times in his pass set. Um, I've seen even people say if he can't handle um, the end, they could see – or tackle, they could see him bumping down inside. Um and then Josh Jones is probably the best run blocker 
out of the tackles. Um, he's just insane. He's huge. He's extremely strong, um, but he is susceptible in the pass game. And then Mackay Becton, the uh, wonder, running a five one forty at six foot seven, three hundred and seventy pounds. Um, people jumped on him, but he doesn't really have a lot of reps and true pass sets. Um, so not play action. Um, true pass sets. He only had seventy three reps in true pass sets throughout the season, which is not a lot. Uh, so you're not really. Um, you as an NFL scout, you're not getting a lot of film on him just being able to set because you're not going to run play action every time in the NFL. And then, yep, I like it. Right, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Jonah Jackson. I saw. I heard neither you really, neither you had him. Um, he, I don't even have him in my he, top ten. One year at Ohio State, transfer from Rutgers. You definitely didn't hear him from Rutgers. Um, he got protected because of how good that Ohio State line is um, and how well they're coached. But he, I do think he'll be able to be a good uh, guard in the NFL. Um, he can read stunts. Uh, he's got quick hands, and he, like, he got insane amount of true pass set reps because Ohio State doesn't really run a lot of play action in their offense. So um, he got those actual pass set reps um, that people like Mackay Beckton did. I just think it was crazy that you had to attain Foodie number one. If he, if he plays. Wild. Like, if he's able to play, he's literally a freight train on the offensive line. Like he played against – yeah, He's he, a beast. He's an he's absolute animal. Um, the two straight season-ending injuries is really scary, though. Um, I just looked him up. Let me find him. I think one um, one was like an ankle or something, I believe, and then the other one was also a lower body injury, um, if I'm remembering correctly. That's not what you need for an offensive no. line, man. Yeah, that's not the injury no. you want to have. I have an, I had him at number six before I took him off my board. Like he he's very talented, but uh, he's just completely out of my top ten now because of the injury concern and teams are medical uh, flagging yeah, him. It's not great, but if he if he's on the field, I think he will be the best interior offensive lineman in this draft because of he's just a freight train. Um, we're gonna go ahead and move into the interior defensive lineman, um, the nose tackles and the three techniques. Um, I'm going to run you through mine. Uh, to me, this is kind of 1A, 1B, just depending on your schematics of your defense. Derek Brown, Javon Kenlaw. Um, I put Brown 1, uh, Kenlaw 2. Just p- take your take your. You know who I'm going to have one between Kenlaw. those two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're yes, right. They're yeah, exactly 1A, 1B. 1A, 1B. It's 1B for just sure. whether you prefer, uh, whether your schematics, whether your defensive schematics are more pass rushing or if you want somebody in the middle that'll just eat runs. Um, I have Jordan Elliott, Missouri, at number three. Um, Marlon Davidson played edge uh, for Auburn. Def probably shouldn't. Um, he's not uh, fast enough. He's too big to play edge in the NFL. So he, I have him at my number four. Um, Ross Blacklock, TCU. Navelle Gallimore, Oklahoma. Uh, Justin Matabuke, I'm going to go with, from A&M. Uh, a little bit of Homer slide in, Devon Hamilton, Ohio State, um, Raquan Davis, Alabama, and then the my favorite name on my list, Bravion Roy with two Vs from Baylor um, to round out the top ten. All right. So we had t- I, you have two guys on, on your list, top ten, that I don't have on mine. Um, I have Ra- – Ra- you say Raquan Davis? You yeah, he's my right? nine. Really? Okay, so it's Leaky Foto out of Utah. I have a nine, and then Malcolm Roach ten. I don't have your Ohio State State Ohio State guy in my top ten. 
Um, tell, tell me more about him because I don't really really know a ton on Hamilton. him. Um, didn't get a lot of yep. snaps because Ohio State's defensive line rotates so much um, to keep you fresh. Uh, he has a decent bull rush, but probably not one that's going to get you much in the NFL, and he's really not that explosive, but he is extremely powerful. When he gets his hands on a center, he'll play nose tackle. Could play three tech, but he is like a pure nose tackle. Um, so he'll have to go to a team that uses uses them. Um, he's very powerful. He just manhandles centers. Um, he's quick. He'll get his hands on the center before he even gets out of the snap. Um, he's just big and powerful. He'll take one or two offensive linemen and just eat them up in the middle. Not quite to the Derrick Brown level, though. Yeah, I think we all agree that Ken Law and Derrick Brown are heads and shoulders above everybody else in this this class. I have Blaylock, number three, Gallimore, number four, Davis, number five, Matt, uh, David Sin, number six, and then Jordan Elliott, number seven, who I think you had three, right? Yeah. At Elliott. But I think uh, they're all they're all very talented. I think it's going to be interesting to see, like you talked about earlier, uh, Davidson out of Auburn. He was teammates with Derek Brown, him sliding over to the inside and see how he can handle the physicality of the NFL. I think he can. He has the potential to be a stud too, but uh, he wasn't asked to play inside at Auburn, so I think that can impact him as well. Uh, Cam, do you have any disagreements? Agreements? What do you see? Uh, I had pretty much all the same guys you said. I had I did have the Ohio State David Hamilton uh, at my nine. And I also had your guy from Utah, uh, Fotu, I believe, Lake High Fotu. Yep. And then uh, probably the biggest jump on mine was having Raekwon Davis from Bama at three. I think there's a potential he gets picked in the first round. I think that Bama brand helps a lot as they produce a lot of interior defensive line and just defensive players in general. Um, look at Quentin Williams. He's a D lineman that got picked. What did he get picked, two or three last year? one of those um so i just think that helps him a lot but i had ross blaylock at four as well but we yeah we had pretty much the same and Derek brown and ken law are just going to be the two dominant guys who are going to get picked in the top 15 brown definitely will go first in yeah. the draft i think he will i think ken Law's the better player um cole as a colts fan who would you rather have out of those two well uh we don't have a first round pick but if DeForest we did Buckner now i would if we I'm did, saying if you did, um, who would you take? With how, like, the Colts linebackers, they're all solid tacklers, so I would want somebody, um, I would want a three technique that can get upfield and press from the middle, so that would be Ken Law for me. Javon Ken Law. Can you yep. say that again? You're a little I, laggy. Uh, I would want Javon Ken Law to be uh, the pick because the way the Colts linebackers are set up, they'll be able to tackle, like, if he shoots in. They don't need an uh, anchor in the middle um, necessarily. And they don't really have a lot of a pass rush. So Javon Kinlaw. And I think Derek Brown's a beast, but I'm not as high as others on him. Uh, we've been talking about this for the past couple of months. So my uh, little distaste for Derek Brown. I don't think he's going to have the motor at the next level. Um, he has all the tools to be a beast, but I want to see him put it all together and keep up that consistent effort every single play while he's on the field. Of course, he's not going to play all three downs, but uh, he could. But uh, I just don't see the motor with him there. He's a stud. He just needs to put it together. Uh there, yep. Uh, oh, the only thing I'll defend Jordan Elliott real quick. I have him at three highest graded defense SEC defender. Um, ninety one point one pass rush grade, ninety one point one run stop grade. Um, those are, uh, I believe, the highest in both. Yeah, the highest in both grades out of anybody on my list. So he's at number three. Um, high motor pass rusher. That's what you want out of your pass rusher. Moving to edge, Cam. 
Yeah, I'll jump right in with who I think is the best player in the draft. I know you guys have a little disagreements there, but I've chased Young at one. I mean, I guess kind of disagreement. A little bit of a disagreement, yeah, from past episodes. Uh, Two, Clavon Chasen. Three, AJ Espineza. Four, this is where you're going to disagree, Curtis Weaver. Five, YGM from Penn State. Six, uh, Julian Okura. I apologize. I have some really bad handwriting. I can't really read it right now. Um, Terrell Lewis at seven. Josh Uche, I believe. Uche. Yeah, from Michigan. Um, Nine, Jonathan Greenard from Florida. And ten, there's no way I can read this handwriting. I believe it's from Utah. Brandon Anu. N-A. 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 Yeah, that's my top ten, but I think Chase Young is clearly the best one. And... The best play in this draft, easily for me. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't really disagree with you in that front. Chase Young's a monster. Uh, I do like Jeff Akuda better as an overall player, but in today's NFL, Chase Young is a little more valuable. So I have Chase Young number one, K. Levon Chase on number two, and then this is where we differ. You had Curtis Weaver at number three, right? No, I had AJ Espineza at three, Curtis Weaver at four. Okay, I had Curtis Weaver all the way down to ten. I have Uter uh, Grossmatos at three. Aquara for Epinesa at five. I think Epinesa needs to go to a team where he's a run stopper. He's not a good pure pass rusher there, so he has to go to the right system. So that's why I have him down at five. Josh Uchi at six, and and Bradley Ine, Terrell Lewis, Jubari Zuniga, who you didn't have out of Florida. Um, he's this athletic specimen. And then I got Weaver at ten. I know early in the season, Cole, you loved Curtis so Weaver uh, right before the draft. Though, where do you have him at, at Chase on Young your list? One, obviously. Um, he's got the highest grade out of anybody in college football this year, according to Pro Football Focus, um, at a 96 uh, out of 100. Um, I just grasped it. I actually have Weaver um, at two. It's risky because the competition level, but his production is absolutely insane. And he also played off the ball for 100 snaps, so he got the production. He did pass rushing, and he literally had 100 snaps where he wasn't even rushing. He was playing uh, off-ball linebacker, so... Just the production. I have Epinesa at three. I think he'll actually be better if he bumps down to a three technique. Um, he's powerful enough and he's big enough too. Um, I see. I've seen him compared to Forrest Buckner. Buckner's obviously a lot taller than him. Um, but Epinesa's technique and what they like Iowa. You know, you're getting a well coached uh, player. He tested better than Buckner. Um, same position. I could see him playing well as a three technique. But I left him in my edge. Aquara four, Chase on five, YGM at six, Darrell Taylor, Tennessee at seven, Terrell Lewis, Uchi, and then I also have Grenard, the other Florida defensive, um, to round out my top ten. I think FNS is going to bust. I wouldn't want my team to be the first round pick on him. He reminds me a lot of Cam Hayward, um, who is a stud. He is a stud. I don't think he's as talented as Cam Hayward is, though. Um, FNS is not like Cole said. He can't. He can't be a pure pass rusher. He can't be an edge. I like if he goes to the right system and can move inside. I think he'll be solid. I just don't see him getting around a lot of a lot of tackles at the the next level. Um, I think Gross Matos has the has the. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Pac McKinley with the Falcons. Just an athletic dude can get around the corner pretty pretty fast. But he's going to have to develop a second secondary move. Um, Cam, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I really like Curtis Weaver. I've been reading up on him some. Uh, he's a good pass rusher, and 
He's just good against the run, too. He tackles for loss in his three years. He has 48 tackles for loss and 34 sacks. The competition isn't as good as, like, the Big Ten or anyone else, but he's producing, and that's all you can really ask for if he got recruited there and played there. And, Jasmine, I kind of agree with you. Um, he's probably going to be a better against the run, but he did produce. Uh, he got better each year at rushing the passer. He... His first year, he had five sacks. Second year, 11. This past year, he had 12. So he did steadily increase, and that is a good sign for them. And YGM was also good against the run, but you're absolutely right. Watching him, he just used that speed rush on people and just got around the tackles that he was a lot faster than. Um, Played against some poor competition in, like, Purdue or Rutgers that helped boost the stats, but that's what you have to do. You produced against the bad teams. Yeah, it shouldn't matter where you go to school. Like, if you put up stats somewhere, like, when we want to get to our safeties, we have a couple of safeties who are very, very low-level schools, but uh, they're talented. You put up the numbers, that's what is expected of you. If the big schools don't recruit you, go where you're recruited and put up numbers. That's all Curtis you can Weaver, do. Curtis Weaver, best production back-to-back year since Miles Garrett. Um, insane. The last thing, uh, Epinesa, he did play against Big Ten. Um, like, he played against good competition, as Cam said, and he produced um, really well as an outside guy it's just the speed kills he would have to win consistently with technique uh and against nfl tackles unless you're a hall of famer you're not gonna be able to do that i don't and looking back at weaver where i have weaver low like uh, uh, scouts are saying that his motor is not consistently there and he's not a very good tackler overall and when he had one-on-one in space with the running backs he got burnt so I'm, I'm not i'm not as high i think he's going to be a good solid guy that comes in every down now and then i just don't think he's going to be a good starter at the next level that's just going to be Chase Young. He's going to be a franchise changer, and you have to take him if you're the Redskins. Their D-line's fine, but you cannot pass on him is what I yeah. keep saying. My biggest um, star, I guess I'll give it, um, is Chase on. I have him at five. He's an incredible athlete. He's 250 pounds, but he's explosive like someone that's 230, 225. He played really well against the elite tackles he played. But he was very inconsistent, and his arms are extremely short for an edge, um, which is a big, which is a problem. There's only one guy in the NFL that had top 25 production with his arm strength, and that was Shaq Barrett. Um, so the short arms really doesn't help when a big tackle can get into you uh, before you can get to him. So I think he'll be really interesting if he could develop probably two salt, like a good two good moves and two good counters. Then I think he could be really special because of how athletic he is. We're going to move down to linebackers. Like Can't, or Zach, take us away. Yeah, I think this class is very interesting because the number one ranked player at the linebacker position is not just a true linebacker. He just does it all. Isaiah Simmons, he's just a unicorn. That dude's a stud. Number one linebacker at Clemson. And then Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. Queen out of LSU, Murray out of Oklahoma. I think after that, there's a big drop-off. I think those three are the top linebackers, and then you'll see a big gap between the next guys. I got Zach Bond at number four out of Wisconsin, Troy Dye out of Oregon, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, uh, Marcus Bailey, Purdue, um, Cam Brown, Penn State. I have an eight. Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State at nine, and then Akeem Davis-Gaither out of uh, App State at ten. Um, a lot of Big Ten players in here. You got Wisconsin covered. You got Purdue covered. You got Ohio State covered. You got Penn State covered. Um, you see a lot of good, got a good players coming out of the Big Ten. You guys have any uh, big disagreements with that list, or uh, how do you guys feel about it? I had uh, your last guy, Akeem Davis, K. Thur, Alloy at four. 
I did watch a lot of App State since I bet on them pretty much this whole year, almost every single game. I, he was a great tackler. He played the pass well. Yeah, he didn't play the competition. The Big Ten did. But as we just said, he performed great. And I had Cam Brown on there as well. He's a 10, and I find him really interesting. He's 6'5", 235. He's very athletic. Um, he just wasn't great against the pass. If he can develop that and work on that a little more, I think he could be really good. Uh, great tackler. He was good against the run from everything I watched. And Patrick Queen was also my two. I saw him and Kenneth Murray going back and forth, two and three, but they're pretty close. I think his game against Clemson, he dominated it and then dominated that against Oklahoma. So I think his playoffs boosted him up as well. Yeah. So I have Isaiah Simmons breakdown snaps per alignment. Uh, so he played defensive line 116 snaps or lined up at the line. Played slot corner 262, outside corner 13, 132 at free safety, and 299 as a box linebacker. It's just insane. The fact that he played outside cornerback is the craziest thing easily. Like he was playing outside corner on wide receivers and he's a linebacker. You know how, you know how the NBA with the position list or like they don't count position anymore? That's Isaiah Simmons. He literally, you put him out there, he'd let him do anything. The dude is just, he's nuts. He's just a pure football player. Like, I think teams are, like, seem scared. I don't see any teams, like, set in stone. Like, we want this guy. That they're talking about, at least. Like, you know how Joe's going number one, Chase Young number two. But you can see Simmons anywhere from three all the way down to 11 or 12, which is insane to me. He's a pure football player. And uh, I wouldn't want to play against him or have a team, one of my opposing teams in the AFC North, take him if the Steelers can't. Um, I think he's far and above the best linebacker in this class. And then just let him go out there and play. He's a weapon. Um, other discrepancy. I have Willie Gay Jr. at five. Off-field issues are a problem. Uh, he cheated on a chemistry test because he said the class was hard. Um, <laughs> and he also punched his quarterback, which is not great. Uh, but apparently – yeah. All, everyone he interviewed with at the Combine loved him. Everyone he's interviewed with, like all the coaches and GMs have loved him, but you can't be punching your quarterback. No. Was it, was it Tommy yeah, Stevens or was it the other quarterback? He broke his jaw. That's why Stevens uh, played. <laughs> that's why yeah, that's why Stevens had to play. Oh, I was wondering why Stevens had to play. I didn't even realize that. He was my top 10 too, but that's that's not a great look as <laughs> your no, teammate. He's a freak athlete, and he had a really good coverage grade when he played. Um, so if the off the field issues don't, um, translate, don't continue into the NFL, I think he could be a good, um, coverage linebacker on your team. I just got to shout out Troy Dye. He played all year with a broken hand in a club and had like a couple interceptions. Um, Troy Dye is the man. I think he's going to be a good pure middle linebacker if he goes to the right system too. I like Mark. You know what you're getting when you draft Troy Dye. Like he's got to get, he's got tackles. He's got to be a sure tackler. He's going to stop the run. I'll play good enough pass coverage. And I think we can go back to, to who we were talking about on the offensive line. Um, what's the guy's name that you said that you like? Natane Foodie. Um, he was injured. Same goes with Marcus Bailey. His last two seasons, the linebacker at Purdue, he had injuries that put him out for the year, both to his knee. So that that's not a not an injury you want to see. But uh, I think he's very talented, and if he can remain healthy, he'll be a good player at the next level. But, uh, you know, the injury concerns are, are definitely there for Marcus Bailey. Did you guys, either one of you have him on your list at all or no? Uh, I did not. Um, go ahead, Cole. I was going to ask oh, a question uh, pertaining to maybe a next one prospect. One person I did put in that I didn't hear either you say 
is Jordan Brooks, Texas Tech linebacker. Um, he's. I, I have him. I just didn't say him. I didn't go through my ten, but I had him I at nine. I ten behind, just behind Cam Brown, um, because Cam Brown can coverage cover better. Um, that's the main reason. But Jordan Brooks probably the best run stopping linebacker, um, at the t- as a top level linebacker, like a top ten, top fifteen. He's probably the best run stopper. So if you need a run stopping linebacker, this guy would be a good day two, early day three pick. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, let's say next year, Isaiah Simmons had to stay one more year. Isaiah Simmons or Micah Parsons? Uh, Depends on what your your team needs. I still think Simmons is a better player, but I think Parsons is is insane, too. He's going to be a top five pick, I I think, next year. I love Micah Parsons. I would say Simmons just because he can spread out. But, yeah, I love Micah Parsons. Go ahead, Cole. I love Micah Parsons, but he can't play as many positions as Simmons can like. Simmons had an interception against Ohio State as a free safety. He also played like half the snaps in the box because of Dobbins. And then when Dobbins left the game, he just went back to safety and red field its eyes from free like the middle of the field, which is just insane. He's just um, a freak. He just has a sense of football. He like he's just a football player. His lowest percentile at the combine was ninety fourth percentile, and that was his work at thirty nine <laughs> inches. Other than he's that, insane. it was all ninety nine. Um, we're gonna move on to the cornerbacks, unless anybody has anything else to say. Where do you guys want to see Simmons go? Uh, where do I? I kind of want to see him go to the Panthers to replace Keekly. He's just retired. I think it would be a good fit for him. And I don't know. I won't, The Steelers won't have to deal with him, so I'd rather see him in the I'm NFC. Trying, trying to think. I want him to go to a defensive coordinator who's kind of like younger and creative with his defenses. I don't want him to go to an old guy where they're just going to stick him at middle linebacker or like one of the outside backers and just leave him there. I want him to like be able to move around kind of Derwin James is more of a safety, but I want him to have a linebacker side of a Derwin James role. Oh, I like it. He goes to the Chargers. They would be insane on that defense if they wanted to take They didn't like a quarterback. If the Chargers are smart, like you just you sign one of the guys, let them play this year, and just load up that defense. If Simmons, if he's available there at six, you do that. I, I'd rather have Simmons than Herbert, personally, as a football player. I don't trust Herbert at all, so that'll be interesting to see. I think he'd fit very well with the Chargers. That team would be like they already that team loaded defensively. But again, that you don't you don't win Super Bowls without a quarterback. though. it's not like anybody goes to the games to watch him anyways. Right. <laughs> All right. My favorite player in the class camp, cornerback. I think he's going to be your number one. We'll get it started, buddy. Yeah, he's my second favorite, second favorite slash best player in this draft. Um, I think he's better than is going to be better than Burrow, and that's Jeff Okuda. You know what's and annoying man. about this is that our top, the top two players in this class both went to Ohio State. That's kind of yeah. annoying with, with Cole over there. Recruiting, <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm not thrilled about it. Um. Penn State only lost by 11 at Ohio State, and Sean Clifford got hurt. Timeout. I could see this being Oregon in two years with Thibodeau come out, and they have the top two linebackers from recruiting. Like this kind of situation where Ohio State has the two top defenders. I could see this happening at Oregon in a couple. Yep, I think you're right on that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so go back to the corners. I have CJ Henderson at two, Christian Folden three, Trayvon Diggs at four, AJ Terrell from Clemson at five, and then after that I got Bryce Hall from Virginia, Jeff Gladney seven from TCU, 
Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Um, I think it helped that people were afraid to throw at Akuda, so he got more reps, and that helped him a lot. Uh, me and Cole talked about that a little bit before. And then I have nine, Jalen Johnson from Utah, and then Cameron. I can't even Dantzler. read my- Okay, Mississippi State. But I think Jeff Akuda is going to be a stud, and he's going to go top three and replace Darius Slay. So you guys know where I have him going. Yeah, Jeff Akuda is just insane. Like, I think he's the best cornerback prospect in a long, long time. And I think with the way the NFL is right now, with all the the deep passes and how the the Patriots have won and the Chiefs have won. They've won with their passing game. So you need cornerbacks can shut people down, and Akuda's your guy for that. I think he's far and away the best cornerback in the class and the second-best overall prospect in this class. Um, he's just a beast. I have Christian Fulton as my number two. Switch with C.J. Anderson. Um, I really, really like Damon Arnett. I got him at 10. I think he's a stud. If he didn't play with Akuda, I think he'd be higher up on the draft board. I think that hurt him. Like it's going to help him in his NFL career because he ha- has had balls thrown at him. But everybody was so afraid of Akuda that it hurt Arnett's stats a little bit because they had to throw his way so many times. I just, I, I think he's going to be a beast. Uh, another one that sh- he, he could be the second best cornerback in this class. And uh, if, he, if he went to like Michigan and it was the number one there, he probably would be the second ranked cornerback. He just had to play along with Jeff Akuda, which kind of hurt him a little bit, which is his draft stock, not the team, because he's a stud, but the draft stock. Bryce Hall has a lot of injury concerns. Um, I don't have him on my top 10. I have Troy Pride in there that you didn't have at another name. And then I had Noah Igabani out of Auburn in my top 10 as well, who you didn't have. Um, um, yeah, the rest we have are pretty similar, different orders, but pretty similar. Um, I like Christian Fulton a little more than C.J. Henderson. I think Fulton's more uh, physical and can get up and jam receivers more than Henderson can. Henderson's a little more athletic on that side. And I really like Jeff Gladney. I think he'll be a first-round pick out of TCU. Big fan of his. I think he can cover well. Um, his hands are fantastic, too, from the quarter, cornerback position. Cam? Yeah, I like it. I'm just thinking, wow, this Ohio State team, it's really good. It's a shame that they didn't win a playoff game. It's crazy they have all these prospects and couldn't get a win. That is kind of weird because their defense is loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what and then they have a go against the generational quarterback, and then uh, is, isn't Fields supposed to be pretty pretty on. generational too? Or? Yeah, I thought oh. Fields. I I'm pretty sure I've seen you retweet some things about him picking over Trevor Lawrence. No, no. I I think I've seen some things, Cole. I don't know. It might be your Ohio State fan pages that you follow and like of. Gosh. I hate Ohio State fan pages. All right, Cole, who's in your top ten? You got anybody different? You got anything you want to add? Akuda Fulton. I have Diggs at three. Um, and then Henderson, Dantzler, Jalen Johnson from Utah, Gladney, A.J. Terrell. Poor guy got absolutely torched by uh, Jamar Chase in his last game at Clemson, which was sad to see because he's actually a good corner. I have Bryce Hall at nine. Um he, I saw an insane stat about him that I'm trying to find. Uh, two years ago, he led the nation in interception, forced incompletions, and I believe interceptions. At least he did for a while. Um, but he also, where was it? Uh, maybe, I don't know. I can't find it. But it, there was, like, some depth that he literally didn't give up a catch, like, at, in a, some certain depth, which is just crazy. Um, and then, egg. Igba, I think the, it, I think it was full. the Auburn I think guy. Hundred a hundred yards. He never gave yeah, up a catch he, of a hundred yards. Never, never. No, he never. <laughs> there was something. <laughs> that he never gave up, and I was like, "Wow, that's actually." But 
Uh, there was something really good, but yeah, injuries are a problem. And then I got the Auburn guy, not even going to try and pronounce his last name with how I've been doing it. Noah. Yeah, Noah. we're going to go Noah from Auburn. That just described about 700 frat guys. Um, if they hear this, they're going to be like, wow, that's me. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the food is the cream of the crop here. Uh, Fulton, Diggs, and Henderson, I think, are kind of all interchangeable there a little bit. Uh, Henderson had a slide this last year, which is a little scary, but he was battling injury. Um, and Fulton, I have Diggs. I have Diggs number six on my list. So I have a little below you guys. Yeah. I think, like you said about AJ T- Terrell, I have him number four. I think he, that one bad game put a sour taste in people's mouth. Yeah, but he's a he's a beast too. I have him at number four. Yeah, Christian Fulton. He got the Damon Arnett treatment from Derek Stingley. Uh, after about two games of people testing Derek Stingley, they're like, "This is a terrible idea." So they started just chucking the ball in Fulton's direction. Yep. <laughs> Derek Stingley's insane. He's probably going to be a higher rated corner prospect than Akuda, maybe. He I'm is interested insane. To I'm interested in yeah, see. Oh my gosh. He was crazy. People just decided not to throw at him. And he was a true freshman, right? I don't yeah, think he redshirted. Yes. Yes. Just true insane. freshman. <laughs> he jumped from high school and won a national championship and just dominated the people he was going against. He's the best player that on that defense. That, yeah, that should never happen. Like, jumping to the SEC to be the best player on the national t- championship team to, on the defensive side. That's insane. Especially at school, see, like... Go ahead. You, you think he could be number one overall? Like, he's that talented. We have, I don't know if we've ever seen a cornerback go number one. It'll be two years. Or we have to wait for it, sadly. Like, I think that's... that. They need to change. Nah, I like. I kind of yeah. like it, making kids play for I two years. I don't want to change. But. That and your body doesn't really fully develop that much. Like, if you start putting 20, 19 and 20-year-olds in the NFL whose bodies aren't I don't think developed. That, I don't think that young. I was saying two years. Like, I don't – Trevor Lawrence doesn't need to go back next year. He shouldn't have to go back. No, he's he's probably the best quarterback prospect. We'll get to this way down the line. But he's probably going to be the best quarterback prospect in, since before Luck. I, he'll probably be better than Luck coming out. So yeah, I think this will be an, an interesting cornerback class. I think they're, they've got a lot of solid guys there, and you see a couple go in the first round. Yep. All right, last position group, the safeties. Your last line of defense. Um, let's start off. I got Xavier McKinney from Alabama at one. Grant Delp at two. Uh, Ashton Davis at three, which is uh, that's high, but I got him at three. I like Geno Stone from Iowa. Uh, for Terrell Burgess, Utah, Antoine Winfield Jr., Minnesota, um, Kavon Wallace, Julian Blackman, threw a little Jordan Fuller action from Ohio State in there. And I don't even know why I have Jalen Elliott on here, um, but he's my number 10. Yeah, well, man, we got we to gotta, – I'm going to read mine off because ours are completely different, to be honest. Um, I had Xavier McKinney one. That one we agree on. I think that's it. I got Antoine Winfield, too. I, he's my favorite safety prospect outside of Xavier McKinney. Um, the thing with him is he has really tiny arms. They're not not actually tiny, but they're shorter than the other guy, so that they're worried about with him. But that dude, if you watch highlights of him, he's a natural football player, and I don't think that's going to hurt him too bad at the next level. Uh, Grant Delpit, three people are afraid of the drop-off he had this year compared because he was so good the year before. But uh, he's a stud. He still knows how to play football. And then four, I got Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan. Uh, it's another smaller school guy where he put up numbers there. And then five, I got Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois, another smaller school guy who's a beast. Uh, six, I got Ashton Davis. Seven, I got Jordan Fuller, big fan of Jordan Fuller out of Ohio State. Eight, I got J.R. Reed out of Georgia. 
Nine, I got Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. And 10, I got Geno Stone. I have him at 10. I think you had him at like four or five, Cole. Yeah, I didn't put the those two small school guys in there. Just because Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin? Yeah, just because I knew nothing about them, and I would um, feel weird just blindly throwing them in there um, just because I didn't know anything about them. That's the only reason. I've heard insane things about them. I haven't watched them play. Um, haven't even looked at any of their stats, but I've just like seen their name pop up. That's the reason I didn't have them in there. But I've seen them in top ten a lot, like almost every top ten. I'm interested why the two questions for you, Cole, before Kim gets into his. Why do you have Winfield so low, and why do you have Stone so high? Any reasons for those or? Um, Winfield, I don't know. I just I didn't really get it as in depth with safeties. Um, I don't know. But he was like he's got some injury problems, which knocks him down a little bit, which is kind of contradictory to Detain Muti, um, which is actually very contradictory to Detain Muti. <laughs> but um, I've seen things about people are worried about uh, Winfield's, which is not what I saw, but I've seen a lot about people being worried about his um, sideline to sideline ability against the speed in the NFL, um, which in college he's fast enough to do it, but um, a lot of the quarterbacks he played especially in the Ten West um, won't be able to put the ball on a rope um, like he will play against in the NFL and then Geno Stone um, a lot of him is just his like how long he's been playing at a school like like Iowa's defense defense Kirk Ferentz doesn't play fresh true freshman at all um, he went in as a true freshman he's been playing there for uh, three years and he's been playing um, above average to Pretty like very good for the th- the uh, the years he's been there, so I have him high. But I also didn't go as in depth with my safeties as I did with the other position. All right, Squid, yeah. go ahead. I'm very high on Antoine Winfield as well. He was my second. He had seven interceptions this year, and I just think he's always in position. He had 83 tackles, so I think he was able to read the plays and then come up sideline to sideline and make those tackles. But, yeah, his speed isn't as crazy as probably Delpit's. But I really think Winfield just knows how to play his position and knows where to be, and I think that's going to help him a lot, and he can read the offense and make those plays. But, yeah, I had a similar list to Zach. I had Xavier McKinney, one, Winfield, two, Delpit, three, and I had Jeremy Chen as well at five. And I just wanted to put Kyle Duggar there because of his college. I didn't know anything about him, but I thought Lenore Ryan was fun to put on there. But I think Xavier McKinney is going to be really good, and whoever snags him up is going to get a starting safety for probably a decade. Yeah, I I was very disappointed with how Grant Duffield uh, this season, because all you heard for uh, the off season when you were hearing about safeties was Grant Delpit's the cream of the crop. He's number one. No one's going to be able to catch him in next year's safety class. Um, and then he looked like he was making business decisions. He can't tackle anybody. Um, so Grant Delpit, as special as he is flying around as a free safety, he's the exact polar opposite when it comes to tackling. So I think you, I think you're right about that. The hype went to his head because after his sophomore season, people were hyping up being a early first round pick. He's so great. And then last year, uh, he did not try to tackle anybody. And that's the big concern in the NFL. Was it because he didn't want to affect his draft stock? Uh, if that's the case, he wasn't very thinking very well. Um, unless he was trying to avoid injury, but you got to be able to tackle at the next level. I think he's good. I think he'll put it together. But uh, there, there are big concerns with his tackling, and you can't have that as of safety. Anything else you guys want to add to safeties? 
Uh, yeah, you can't have somebody you can't tackle uh, to be your safety net. That's just asking for a disaster. Right, <laughs> right. All right, Zach, you want to do some special teams. Uh, you you enjoy the kickers and the punters. You got any long snappers or holders? I got none of that. I just wanted to make sure I get some credit to guys that may get drafted here. So I have a list of five, and uh, four of them are kickers, and one is a punter. And the punter is the Ray Guy winner this past season. Uh, number one, I got Rodrigo Blakenship. He's a stud kicker. He's far and above better than anybody else on the special team side uh, in this class. He went to Georgia. And then my number two special team prospect is Braden Mann. Uh, he's the punter out of AM who won the Ray Guy Award. Uh, team will end up drafting him. Um, I don't think any of these guys will go in the first or second round like uh, Cam's boy did. Aguayo. Roberto Aguayo. Went in the second round, which uh, that was insane. Uh, number three, I got Tyler Bass out of Georgia Southern. Uh, huge leg, another kicker. Uh, Dominic Eberly out of Utah State, another kicker. Then Cooper Roth out of Wyoming. I feel like Wyoming produces some kickers uh, every now and then. So uh, nothing really crazy to add. Uh, you may see a couple of those guys drafted or probably signed. I think uh, uh, Blankenship and Mann will both be drafted, no doubt. The other three, uh, probably not. I can yeah, see Blankenship getting picked way too early, just like Aguayo, and it going to his head and just being terrible. Yeah, Aguayo was like the most accurate kicker in college football history. Ever. And then he got to the NFL and, and forgot how to kick. Like He just forgot. He didn't know how to kick anymore. Everything he practiced. Went out the hill. He like he, he was like sixty three percent, and then the Bears tried to sign him too, and he sucked then too. So he just lost it all. His head just it wasn't there. You can't make it on the Bears as a kicker. Then you're doing something wrong because they never have a good kicker. Right. Incredible case of the yips. Yippity yip yip. All righty, that is our breakdown for the positions for this year's NFL draft. Next week we're going to be doing our mock draft. Um, no trades in our mock draft. Otherwise, who knows what's really going to happen um, if we're yeah, throwing we'll see, trades we'll in there. A lot of a lot of trades this year. I think we'll see a ton. Uh, but it could be impacted based on they're doing it over Skype or Zoom or whatever they're doing it over. There may be less trades, but I think there's a lot of spots where teams should trade down, and they probably will end up trading down. One of these right. GMs are going to get too drunk and make a trade <laughs> that they're going to regret. <laughs> they're going to be doing this instead of Dave and Buster's. <laughs> John Green, no, it's closed. No, they're running it out. They're going to yeah. rent out the Dave and Buster's for the draft. You think Mark Davis can't rent out a Dave and Buster's? <laughs> <laughs> he should just buy it at this point. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to just ask a couple questions, a little quarantine edition. Um, what are you guys doing to keep uh, – ask this at the beginning of the podcast, but, like, what movies are you watching? What movies would you recommend to somebody who has to be at home, uh, can't leave everybody? So- I don't have any recommendations, but I can say that I am going to start the Harry Potters tomorrow. Um, I saw the first three when I was younger and then stopped watching. So I want to get through and finish them all. Um, I heard from Big George that the 6, 7A or 7B, whatever, the first one of this, the final, it was really, really bad. But the finale is really good. Uh, it's, a Cole, classic, you, you guys, I, it's a classic setup. It's a classic um, we're at the end of the line. Let's break this movie into two so we can make more money type of deal. <laughs> um, they probably yeah. could have done it in just one, like, three-and-a-half-hour-long movie, but they decided to split it up. It's a classic setup, and then you get your reward in the second one. Awesome. And then I've also been watching a lot of sports, like highlights and uh, old games. I watched IU play Kentucky in the watch shot. Got to relive that moment. 
and then a lot of other sporting events that they have online that are classics. Um, I think I watch the Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl at least two times a year anyway, so it's just another excuse to do it. So um, I've watched a lot of that. And then, of course, Joe Exotic and Tiger King. I think everybody finished that. And then How to Get Away with Murder final season just started last Thursday. So I'm so excited that is happening now. I think it's my favorite TV show of all time. So if you haven't watched that, I would highly recommend it. Viola Davis is probably the best actress in the game as a pure actress. <laughs> as a pure actress, as a pure athlete. As a pure um, pass rusher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, I just I haven't watched a lot of movies this quarantine. I restarted watching The League, give me a little football, talk about some fantasy football. So that's a great show. It's cracking me up. Um, I've been watching a lot of repeats on sports and sport highlights, especially hockey. I watched Game 7, Double Overtime, Senators, Penguins from a couple years back, and then I transitioned to the finals against the Predators, and then the year before I was looking at the Sharks game. But a lot of hockey, and I just watched Bad Moms Christmas Edition the other day. Funny movie, funny movie. You see the Christmas one or just the regular Bad Moms? I've seen, I've seen both of them. Yeah, I think they're both pretty good movies. They made me, me laugh too. a little out. Mila Kunis is really funny, I think. So I was I was happy with it. Very funny. Cole, what movies, TV shows? You are the mastermind behind movies and TV shows. What have you been watching? What do you recommend? Um, a couple weeks ago, I rewatched Inception. That movie's so good. Um, been watching. Need, West wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You need an attention span to watch that. Uh, we have a buddy. I'm not going to name any names. He said he turned it on a couple times, but can't get through it. I, I think they can figure out who that was. Yeah, you need an incredible attention span. Otherwise, you'll just not know what is happening after <laughs> about five minutes of watching the movie. Um, yeah, that Westworld on Sunday nights. Um, that's a show a lot of people jumped off on because season two is really confusing. But season three has been one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched so far. Um, as you said, Viola Davis, the acting in it is just insane. Aaron Paul plays just a regular man better than anyone I've ever seen. Um, and usually that's what he plays. He just plays a regular old guy. Uh, nothing too special, but he plays it amazingly. He plays a, reg- <laughs> yeah, just plays he plays a, a regular-, regular man better than a regular man <laughs> lives life. Just way better. Yeah, exactly. He lives my life better than I do. Um, <laughs> other than that, everyone's been watching a lot of TV shows. I've done. I'm working on my second puzzle right now. Um, what is the puzzle? What's the puzzle of? Uh, the entire cast. Not. I'm not gonna say the entire because it's definitely missing some people. But ninety percent of the cast from the original trilogy of Star Wars. Well, that sounds really fun. I've also been. Uh... Going on six-mile six walks every day with my wife to different locations. We've been doing that, riding bikes a little bit, shooting hoops on an empty basketball court, just us, so we're not getting anybody sick. Um, yeah, Cam, anything else you want to add to that? I've been jumping in Lake Erie a little bit, <laughs> given time. Watching this guy with a metal detector and a Steelers jersey in Cleveland, it's always fun to see. And a lot of Madden, just a ton of Madden franchise seasons right now. Nice. Um, yeah, video games I've been playing, uh, Witcher 3, probably one of my favorite games ever. All right, last question. When you guys were looking through these, is there anything that really stuck out to you, whether it was surprising or you just, like, saw a stat that was insane or anything? Just, I don't, like, I was looking through and a couple things, like, kind of stuck out to me, obviously not well enough for me to remember right now because I'm looking for them, but 
Um, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you where you're like, huh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't think any stats stick out to me, but I legit think there are six to eight end of receivers in this class that are going to go on to be quality wide receivers. That six to eight could make a Pro Bowl eventually, which is just insane for one class. And I think the cornerback class is not getting enough, enough attention as well. I think it's really, really, really talented there. And I think the QB class is super weak. Uh, I wasn't a t- t- to an NFL supporter all throughout the year. I think he'll be okay, but the injuries make it worse. Uh, Burrow hasn't got it done one le- one year. Um, hasn't done it time and time again. He had an amazing season, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's going to be a-, a superstar number one slam dunk, dunk pick like other first-round picks. Um, and then after that, everything's a crapshoot. I don't think Herbert's very good. I like Love, but a lot of people aren't high on him. And then after that, there's nobody that I'm really like, oh, this, you can take this guy late and get somebody good with. So uh, those are my, my things that first come to mind when I went through these draft prospects. Yeah, mine was the – you pretty much summed it up. I was going to say the quarterbacks as well. There's a – in my mind, there's a very good chance that they all are potential busts. I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical of Burrow, and I – I'm skeptical of the Bengals. Andy Dalton's fine, and he played fine, but he had some weapons. I'm I'm nervous that Burrow won't get protected, even though those two offensive linemen are coming back, and they could stunt his growth as a quarterback. And he's mm-hmm. he's not young, isn't he? Because I was he was a senior. He's a redshirt uh, senior. Redshirt senior. Uh, yeah. So quarterbacks, and then just one of the best draft prospects I've ever seen was Chase Young. He's just dominant, and I'm excited to see him at the next level. Yeah, I agree with you on two, Zach. I he has probably he had probably the best receiving core in college football history, um, where yep. he he has four receivers that could potentially be drafted in the first round. Um, yeah, never ever probably. I'm not going to say never going to happen again, but I mean, be hard to hard to do. Yeah, um, and then Burrow, yeah, his one year production is. Uh, how great this year was. It was only one year, and he looked so different than he did last year. Granted, they did switch from the classic LSU, um, just try and run it down your throat to a spread um, attack. Uh, but his like grade jumped up 15 points um, in one year, um, so which is an incredible amount. And you kind of that's a yellow flag when someone just has an insane year. You don't know if that's always going to continue on or not. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I agree. The receivers, um, probably I would say from like seven to like fourteen or fifteen, I feel like I could have put anybody in seven, eight, nine, ten, and confidently felt good about it, uh, just because how deep the class is, which I just thought was insane. Yeah, it is so wild. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting draft too. Like I'm excited to see how the setup is that ESPN does. They have a lot of free time on their hand, so how how is it? Like, how the graphics are going to be. Is Mel Kuyper going to be on TV? Like, how is it going to work? It's going to be so interesting with this. Because it's all going to be Skype. Is Mel Kuyper going to be Skyped in? Like, it's just going to be weird this year. Yeah, it's going to be really strange. Uh, quick question for both of you. Um, any draft bets that you're going to make this year or you have lined up? I haven't looked. There, I saw there is an Alabama one over four and a half players, over under four and a half players. And I forget who it is, but there's someone that's rated around 35-ish on a lot of people's big board that they think could possibly sneak in. Um, but I don't remember who it is off the top of my head. And I, saw Tua, I saw Tua prop at 2.5 or under, over or under. I think that's definitely going to be over where he's not going to be in the top two. I think that's pretty automatic. 
The only thing would be is the Dolphins trade up, and they have enough draft capital to do it. If they want to get the two, why would they just trade up the three? I think the the there's no way the Redskins are going to get rid of. Ah, it depends how much they give up. Yeah. Um, I have five. I have five Bama people in my pre mock draft, so that's an interesting bet. Yeah, that'd be an interesting bet to make. Here's one that I really like. They got. Jordan Love draft position at 17.5. I think he's going top 10. So I'll probably put put some money on that. Um, say he goes under 17.5. So they, uh, they got a lot of props on uh, FanDuel for quarterbacks to look at. Uh, running backs, DeAndre Swift. Do you think he'll be picking the first round? Basically, what it's asking. Um, I don't think any running back will be picking the first round, to be honest. Like, I think uh, I might have Swift I late first. So then, I'm late. What, what wide receiver do you have going first? Uh, Judy, Lamb, or Ruggs? Um, Judy's got to be the favorite. I would him and Lamb are tied. I don't. I don't think I've seen a mock draft Lambsman, which surprises me that they're tied. Why is this even a? Uh, well, maybe it could be if it's a trade up factor. Chase Young over under two point five, but the odds are three seventy for under two point five. Yeah, there's been some buzz about the Dolphins potentially trading up. I've seen a couple things about how the Dolphins might trade. I saw the Dolphins could trade up for one for Burrow, giving up that's their entire, I, cla- entire draft class saw. for him. That would be so dumb of the Dolphins if they traded that many picks for Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. Like, they could – they have four first-round draft picks. They can just reload right now if they trust Tua. If not, just pick everything else and don't be that good. And you could get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence next year. All right. To close it out, we do need – to go over the worst mock draft in, in media history, just real quick, top five picks. <laughs> Maurice Jones drew. Number Gross. one, Justin Herbert, his description for it, an NFL an, an AFC North style quarterback with a big frame and strong arm to lead the Bengals in bad weather late in the season. Number two, the Chargers <laughs> trade up to number two to take Tua. A West Coast style quarterback. Tua has a terrific has terrific arm strength. No, he doesn't. Mobility, parentheses, one set hip is 100%, big if, and is a proven winner. A quarterback who plays big in big moments and is exactly what a team needs. I also don't think he plays big in all he had that moments. one. He had that one game against Georgia. Did they make he the, literally, the playoff last year? No. Yeah, he also almost threw an interception the play before that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't think MG, MJD knows that you don't have to be on the West Coast to run a West Coast style <laughs> offense. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to play in California to run that. <laughs> That's a good point. Number three, the Giants draft Chase Young. The Gi- oh, His only description, the Giants trade up to add the best player in the draft to their defensive front. Number four, Derek Brown. He's super no. disruptive thanks to his to strength. Who? Quick, to to the, the Lions. Lions. No. Super disruptive thanks to his strength, quick hands, and explosiveness off the line. The Lions' interior immediately improved. And then to round out the top five, Joe Burrow fits perfectly onto what the Dolphins want to do offensively with a quick release and untapped potential. Wouldn't anyone there's, want quick release and untapped potential? There's no way he didn't do this for attention. If he legit thinks this is what's going to happen, he's a freaking idiot. He also he should be fired. Th- he had three running backs in his... Um, first round? First round. Yeah, yeah. I but said that. That's oh insane. That's so bad. There could be. There's more likelihood of zero getting picked in the first round than there are three. Swift is the first one. Goes to Dolphins at 26. And then hey, uh, Jonathan Taylor to the Titans at 29. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire to the Chiefs 
at 32. I have, uh, looking at my mock drafts, which I've been working on, I have one in the first round, and that's actually pick 32. So uh, if that says anything, I don't think anybody's going to go in the first round running back wise. They're less value in today's NFL. Do you want to know who he has as the Patriots uh, pick at yes, 23? Yes. Yes, I would guess? love It's to. a quarterback. You want to take a guess? He's picking Hurts. Uh, Correct. I, I, he, Maurice Jones Drew seems like the guy that would love Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He's That's a proven the, winner <laughs> at Alabama and Oklahoma. And his athletic ability will allow the Patriots to create more yep. aggressive offense. Yep. Where does he have Jordan Love going? He, uh, there's no way he has he has Hurts going above Love. There's no way. He has Austin Jackson at 18, which is really high for him, um, I believe. I have Jackson Wait. my first round, but late first. Uh, who'd you say? Jordan Love. Where does he have Love going? Um, I don't see Jordan Love. He, are you telling me he doesn't have Jordan <laughs> Love in the first round? Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy that would put Jalen Hurts there. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got Herbert, Tua, Joe Burrow. Um, going through, through. Um, Hurts at yep. twenty three would be the next one. YGM at twenty five. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that's just wild. It's crazy. Updated. Well, stay uh, tuned for updated. our mock drafts next week. They're going to be exciting. Yes, stay tuned to ours. They'll be a lot better than Maurice Jones, Drew. Yes, they will. And we'll be able to talk it out and argue. And uh, I don't think any of us will have hurts from the first round because we're not dumb. No. As always, former, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the former Ball Boys. Um, if you have any questions, uh, any comments about our uh, ra- positional ratings, or let us know what you have as your positional ratings. Uh, slide in our DMs, text one of us, do whatever you want. Um, just let us know. We'd love to interact with you all. Uh, thanks for voting on our polls that we released this week. Um, and as always, everybody have a great night. Peace.